0: It's officially a new year, which is a wonderful opportunity to try something new, which is why I'm excited to share with you some of the new things coming to the Parting Shot podcast. You're probably like, why are you releasing an episode on Friday? Well, we're still gonna be doing celebrity interviews and they're all gonna be coming to you every single week, but we're adding something special to your Fridays. You see, Friday is the end of the week, the literal parting shot for the week, if you will. So now every Friday, I'm going to bring to you a little bit of a parting shot unhinged and unfiltered if you will there'll be episodes where i'll tell you what i'm thinking how i'm feeling the conversations you know with interesting people that are kind of like maybe not always celebrities but are like kind of weirdos or interesting people or people who are a bit more colorful sometimes they'll be political it'll always be pop culture related but it's going to be a little bit Out there. The sky is the limit, honestly. I'm so excited for what's to come and the possibilities for these Friday episodes. So definitely stay tuned. And I'm starting things off later in this episode with two people that I've been bitching with basically for years now comedians and my best friends, Elliot Glazer and Brent Sullivan. We do another podcast together called You're Making It Worse, which is basically us complaining about things. So I'm excited to introduce you to them. But before we get to that, there's one thing that we do need to talk about first award season. It officially kicks off with the Golden Globes this Sunday, January 7th. Now, I love the award season. I, I may, obviously, I host a celebrity podcast, like I have to love the award season. But I also love making fun of the award season because it is so fake and it is so vapid and it is so vain on every level. So let's go over who I think will win but I don't know if they necessarily deserve to win. You know what I'm saying? We'll start things off. So the golden globe separate things between television and film, but they also separate things between drama and comedy musical categories. So they're weird. Let's start with television first, because it's going to be the most boring part of the night, honestly, because most of the winners are expected. Like there's two shows that are just going to dominate all of, well, three shows, I should say three shows and one like limited series. That's going to dominate everything on Sunday night. First off, Succession ended last year, and everyone loved it. It was the best drama on television. So, of course, that's going to win everything at the Globes. We're talking drama series. Kieran Culkin for best actor in a drama series. Sarah Snook for best actress in a drama series. Matthew McFadden. Fadden, Faden, I don't know how to say his name for supporting actor. I mean, they're going to win. Everything. The only show in the drama category that isn't Succession that will probably maybe win something is the crown for Best Supporting Actress for Elizabeth Debicki, who played Diana, and she was incredible as Diana. So Succession is going to dominate the night in the drama world. In the comedy world, The Bear is going to dominate with Best Comedy Series and Jeremy Allen White for Best Actor, and it's going to win Best Actress. It's going to win best. I mean, it's going to win all of the comedy awards. Trust me. I also see beef being a big winner uh, on Sunday night. You know, there's the, the Netflix uh, movie. It was like a limited series that Netflix did with Steven Yeun will win best actor and Ali Wong will probably win best actress and it will definitely win best limited series and movie series. So the television part of the night is going to be pretty boring. Let's talk about the movies in the movie category. It's the most exciting race, because again, it's kind of expected in a lot of the categories, but the most exciting race of the night for me is Best Supporting Actress. You see, it's a race between two actresses from Orange Is the New Black. They they became famous from Orange Is the New Black. Divine Joy Randolph, she's nominated for the holdovers, and Danielle Brooks is nominated for the color purple. Both performances were incredible. I think Brooks is going to win. It's just my guts telling me Brooks is going to win, but it's literally the most exciting race of the night for best supporting actor. No one is going to stop Robert Downey Jr. For Oppenheimer. He's, this is the crowning moment. He's sort of like, this is his moment to win. He's been in Hollywood for so long. We all know his struggles. So even if the performance wasn't, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It wasn't like, I'm not wowed by it, but Everyone wants to give Robert Downey Jr. every single award under the sun. And he finally did a movie that we can do that because he was never going to win an Oscar for like Iron Man. You know what I'm saying? For the leading categories, and like I said, they separated between drama and comedy musical. In the comedy musical world, for Best Actor, it's pretty much Paul Giamatti's from The Holdovers to Lose. I mean, it was the best performance. It's weird. It's funny. It's heartfelt. Like, it's going to win. And it's a great film. It really is a good movie. You should watch it. For Best Actress, everyone's saying Emma Stone's going to win... For poor things, I don't see it. I mean, I see it because she's Emma Stone and she wins awards. But, like, I kind of think Barbie Momentum is going to make Margot Robbie take home the prize for Best Actress. Because she produced the film, first off. It was very much her baby. And it's the film of the year. It saved Hollywood. It redefined Hollywood, in a way. Like, how can you not give that award to Margot Robbie? I will be very upset if she doesn't win. Uh, For Best Actor... It's a race between Bradley Cooper from Maestro, and oh, sorry, now we're in the drama world. Sorry, I didn't I didn't, <laughs> didn't specify that. So in the drama categories for best actor, it's a race between Bradley Cooper from Maestro and Cillian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Now I need to confess something. I have a bias against Bradley Cooper because he just seems like he's desperate for an Oscar. It just see, everything he does screams "Give me an Oscar," and Maestro is one of those movies that. I don't know. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't like horrible at all. And Carrie Mulligan was incredible in it. But there's just something about Bradley Cooper that's very easy to hate. I don't know why. And i I hope I I hope I don't ever interview him because now I probably won't. Um, but. It's a race between Bradley Cooper and Cillian Murphy. I think Bradley Cooper is gonna get it because he's he's really working it. He's working it hard, and every one of those voters is like, "Fine, just give him the award to keep him to stop him from talking." So I think he's gonna get it. But I kind of think Cillian Murphy deserves it more for Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was good, y'all. Uh, for best actress in a drama, um, it's it's really a race between Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon and Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. Carrie Mulligan was incredible in Maestro, and she. To me, she was maestro. I mean, she was the film in a lot of ways, even though it's not about her. Uh, But I think Lily Gladstone has the momentum and she's sort of, you know, the the other nominees in the category are all superstars. I mean, they're all people we know very, very well, have been nominated previously. Whereas Lily is sort of this new actress that we don't really know that that well. I mean, she's not new. She's been working for years, but she's new to us on the scene in the award circuit. And I think it's a moment where we can sort of give it's sort of like a legitimate award. You know, you can actually give someone who deserves it an award and she deserved it. I mean, she did great in that film. She carried that film in a lot of ways. Sorry, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, for best picture where it's back to the race between, I mean, they're not racing against each other, but it's Barbie is going to win comedy musical and Oppenheimer is going to win drama for best picture. So again, Barbie and Oppenheimer dominate the year for film coverage. They just do <laughs> it's just how it works. So you are, can watch along with me you definitely should you should follow me at hl and scott on everything it's going to be a lot of fun and i would love to maybe say mean things with you online not mean not mean just honest you know and now i think now i think it's time that we get a little unhinged you know what i mean shall we do this let's do this i need it here is my chat with two of my best friends ellie glazer and Prince sullivan Okay. First off, I need to welcome. And so people know who the hell we're talking to and they know your voices. So Brent, welcome. Hey, Alan. Now, Brent, now on our other podcast, you're making it worse. People say Brent and I have similar voices and they don't know who's talking. Um, which, which makes Brent very, very angry. So this always actually really offended me because, uh, I like my voice and I think, <laughs> I think it's
1: amazing. And I also really like Alan's voice, but I didn't think we sound a lot alike. And then recently I was listening to the podcast and at one point, uh, you said something and I thought I said it and I was Ah. like, oh, that's a a great joke. And I was like, oh shit, we do sound a lot alike. So (laughs) that was, that was the lowest
0: point of 2023 for me. Wow. Okay. Well, Elliot, you don't sound like either of us. Welcome Elliot. Thank you for having me so much. <laughs> so so good to be here. <laughs> Elliot, Elliot has his bouffant swirl ready to go. <laughs> I like how your voice kind of went deeper when you said that too. I feel like you made. I think you maybe subconsciously did that intentionally.
2: No, it wasn't subconscious. It was very conscious. (laughs) (laughs) Fully consciously.
0: Well, so I mean, in the intro, of course, I set everything up so everyone knows who the hell you guys are. But I wanted to have a little conversation. First off, it is like the beginning of the new year. Do you guys do resolutions at all? Is that a thing you do?
1: The answer is no, because I never follow through. And then I just feel like a failure within like a week Mm. of the new. I also, I've started becoming sensitive to like, if like a bad thing happens to me on January 1st, I'm like, well, here we go. That's, that's the omen. It's going to be a terrible year. And it's like, that's so absurd. We put too much, uh, we put too much credence on just like the turn of the year. So I'm trying to like, disengage from all this garbage you know what about you elliot yeah i
2: I don't i don't i don't really do resolutions because it's going to sound oh it's going to sound very lame but i'm trying to be i'm always trying to be mindful i guess and like Mm -hmm. in doing that and also just being in therapy and trying to consider myself open-minded or whatever i'm constantly trying to i don't know change or evolve or yeah you, you know consider options so i don't feel like because it's january 1st 2024 i need to necessarily i mean all I, you know my resolution basically is that like this is the worst time to go to the gym because mm, it, it, i guess it's it not really is. a resolution it's more of a, a I, I hate it so it's just i know much. it's like the first three to four weeks are it's the packed worst.
0: from yeah. new year's resolution that today i actually went on a hike and i was i was Ooh. like well i'm gonna go on a nice hike today and i went on sort of nice. like a griffith park hike There was so many goddamn fucking people weren't not wearing hiking clothes or shoes, walking around willy nilly. I saw someone with a Starbucks cup. I'm like, you're technically in the middle of like, you know, wilderness here in in Griffin Park. (laughs) And like that Starbucks is cold. It was a hot cup. So it was cold by this point. I just hated everyone. And I just it it really it really bothered me how annoying people Are are. Are you a resolutionist yourself? I I used to be, and I used to put a lot of stock into the new year and sort of like making sure I had a good New Year's yeah. and I was at a place that I was happy with on that night. And like I did things beforehand and I do things the afterwards, like the next day to start the year off right and all of this shit. And like you, I'm always desperately disappointed. I remember a couple yeah. years ago, the year that I decided I was not going to give a shit about any of this is I I, I I did the whole New Year's thing. And then literally like the next day, like January 1st or 2nd, my cat mm. Frazier got like really, really sick. And that's when he like swallowed string and he had to have that oh, surgery. Right. And it was a really traumatic start. Cost to a the, lot of money. Cost a lot of money. And it, it it was a really traumatic start of the year. And I was just like, fuck this. I'm not gonna yeah. let this be the thing that ruins my year. And so since then, like last night, um, cause we're recording this on January 1st. So last night I went to a friend's gathering and I knew everyone was gonna be dressing up and doing things. I intentionally wore the same clothes i wear every fucking day and i looked like i mean we walked in looking like schlumps surrounded by people dressed to the nines and we were completely out of place which actually worked in our favor because we left early and so it made it like it made sense for us to leave early because we were mm-hmm. the freaks at the party who didn't look like we belonged so mm-hmm. like it it kind of that's a that's a helpful tip to leave parties and just to sort of paint a picture for those
1: listening, Alan is wearing uh, a series of black flowing silks, <laughs> and he has makeup on. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. His face looks sort of like a goth Ronald <laughs> McDonald.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Michael, my boyfriend, for people who don't know, um, we... Your
1: partner!
0: Yes, he brought nuggets to the party, which was another reason why we probably were outcasts at the party. Wait, 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 he brought nuggets? McDonald's. Is that a... M- is that a McDon- oh. McNuggets to the party as, like, party and fries too that's awesome i see i knew you would love it to me i was just why wouldn't you do that it's just not a thing it's not it's not a thing you bring to a party
2: it's just yeah yeah. uh, what what like what kind of a i'm i'm a little thrown actually yeah no i'm not thrown at all i think he
0: wanted to bring before we we were mcdonald's was the backup he wanted to bring the party box from taco bell Oh, my God. I would have wept. <laughs> which, I would have wept Which, if I'd been at a party with a party box.
1: I never get Taco Bell anymore. It's too really, inconvenient for me to get yeah, to without a car in downtown Los Angeles.
0: Well, but see, well, and, and to me, I was like, Taco Bell is not a party food. It is not, the party box is intended for people to just sit around and eat at a table. It is not a stand around, eat a taco at a, someone's apartment while you're standing having a party, no, you know no, what I mean? Nobody
2: should watch another person eat a taco. W- it's really uh, what are you guys talking about? Seen. No, a burrito. What? Maybe, but a taco from the, su- I don't, I don't need to see anybody shifting their head. It's too much. Well, let, let me also much. throw this out. Elliot always, ma-
1: one of the most consistent things that Elliot makes fun of me for is that whenever I go to parties, I like to bring things to parties that are a little out of the box. Yeah. And Elliot calls it the gas station spread because I always show up with a handful of candy bars and a bag of chips or two. Yeah. And I mean, you a say a sleeve me- of I mean, Oreos, a sleeve of Oreos, <laughs> literally a,
2: ha- a half sleeve, half a sleeve of, <laughs> 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 sleeve yeah. of Oreos. You got hungry on the bus all God. the way over. That is literally not
1: true. <laughs> but like, I think it's fun because like sometimes you go to parties and some of the food that's been brought is sort of inaccessible or it's really fancy or yeah. whatever. And I I mean, who doesn't like indulging at a party with fucking candy bars? See, Delicious
0: I candy often, bars. I, well, first off, I feel like party food should never be meal food. It should always be food that is just Tiny finger food, fingery food. Yeah, simple, yeah just yeah. simple things, not tacos. And <laughs> that it, it, the things that can be easily put on a tiny little plate and you can talk or whatever. But I also, yeah. I don't like eating at part. And you know, you guys know me, I love eating, but like, I don't love eating at parties. I find it to be why? It's just, I got the drink and then I got this tiny little plate that has yeah. food on it. And I, I, I i need my fingers to eat the food but i have the drink in the one hand. yeah and not... the plates kind of like tips like party yeah. plates are always kind of like unstable it never works it never works in my favor and i don't look good eating some people do i don't look good eating i,
1: have I don't know who looks... Someone who looks good eating Charlotte some...
0: looks good eating <laughs> well she's like a model yes and she <laughs> looks great eating it's yeah <laughs> no i don't
1: Do you ever do this? Do you ever, uh, do you ever have like a friend who's extraordinarily attractive? Friend or like someone you follow on Instagram? Yeah. And they will, every once in a while, these beautiful people will still post a picture that looks bad. Yeah. Uh, by what, you know, whatever standards you're using, but you're like, I always make like a mental note that I'm like, hey, this guy, also looks imperfect in some of yeah. his pictures. I look Are you talking about 99% of them, but this Hold guy on. looks imperfect in some
2: too. So it can happen to anyone. Are you talking about a picture that's actively unflattering or the kind of thing where they pretend it's candid and look goofy, but it's still meant to look attractive? Actively, or relatable,
1: Actively unflattering and or unflattering by my own definition yeah. of unflattering, which no. you oh. know, sometimes we take our own, you know, standards to our own pictures and they're unfair, and so whenever I see, like, you know, one of these quote imperfections in someone else's pictures.
0: Yeah. I'm like, hey, mental note. It's not just you, Brent. Well,
1: just you to know? add on mm-hmm. to
0: that, to I, I'm I'm with I'm with you, Brent on this one in that like yeah. there are I know shocking surprise. Right? surprise that um I have I'm thinking of one person who he they post like you know they normally just look good in pictures they just yeah. and they're kind of a chameleon too that they look different in different pictures because of their hair or they're maybe not wearing glasses or they're smiling like they always just look like a different person but then every once in a while. You'll get them at one angle or one picture where they look—they're still hot, but they look a little off. Like they just something is bad about them. Love it. It makes me feel so good. Love it. I love it so much. It brings me so much joy. It can literally—that's joy that can last for days. Yeah. No, (laughs) seriously, because it's a reminder that we're all human. Yeah. In this, you
1: know, I was. This is something our 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 listeners that is the listeners who have no idea who I am, uh, this is something they don't know about me um, because they know nothing about me, is that I am very sheepish about taking my shirt off. Yeah, And I was home in, in Michigan. Sheepish over, is, a, is generous.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Britt <laughs> Sullivan <laughs> has it not seen himself
0: correct. naked since 1989.
1: <laughs> Middle school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because I was home in Michigan and I was starting to think back on... um. Like when it started, like when I started not being able to look at myself in the mirror, yeah. like na- naked, yeah. uh, and I realized it was, it, it, I've always had some issues with it, but it was around the time I downloaded and started using Grindr for the first time. That tracks, and that's, that's when it
0: became very, yeah. very problematic. I, mean, I think dating me. apps in general probably have that, I mean, gay or straight have that impact on people, yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. I will say, I think my experience with straight dating apps in like, in looking at friends and stuff, straight guys aren't uh, permitted by women to be as shirtless as gay men are. Yeah. Uh, It's like considered, uh, we talked about this recently on our podcast- um, yeah, there was a Reddit thread I I followed that like gives feedback for like Hinge and Tinder profiles, and like literally nine times out of ten, if a straight guy has a shirtless picture, women are like "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that is just par for the course. On, wow! On, Can you imagine if that happened while... in the gay world? If
2: like if that was actually s- was the reality? Wow! There was a I saw uh, there was a thing where Joyce Carol Oates. Oh yes, recently- I saw this. <laughs> Posted a picture what, of what is I guess. That, what is Joyce Carol? She's, Oates? Uh, she's a writer. The, yeah. Okay. She's very like in the NPR Diane Rehm world, oh, literary world. Love she a Diane Rehm. An older woman who posted a picture of, I think it was. I don't know if it was her working out. No, it was like like a a, friend. It was someone she knows. And I think someone she's related to or something. Right. Someone she's someone she knows like an older woman exercising Mm -hmm. and looking great with her son or with her son or relative of some kind who was a hot hot shirtless guy who she also mentioned like went to Harvard. Yeah. And it was very, 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 very um, um, benign. Because it's not sexualized to Joyce Carol Oates. No. And it's not about him. It was just like, this is my friend who's an older woman. And like, she was talking about like what a, you know, a- athletic person this, this woman was. And it became this immediate search by gay, thirsty, gay Twitter mm-hmm. to find out who he is, if he's gay. <laughs> and like, it became a full mm-hmm. thing, a, f- a full search. And yeah, he's, and, and I was also part of that search because he's <laughs> so attractive. Yeah. Wait, what yeah. did you do? Did you find him? Did you find him? Well, I mean, everyone in the thread immediately, it was like, it was like a, a gay chess. Everyone like had a move. They figured out and everyone, yeah. like, it was every day I knew exactly what to do and well. find tagged photos and follow through and. Um, it was uh, it was a, a wild. Well, Evan Katz posted it and yeah. called it like a play in three acts. And it was just very funny, but like it's so different than straight women who are like, well, yeah. Speaking of, your shirt and on.
0: this is just like an indication of exactly what I was thinking before we even started. That like I had like I would normally approach any other interview or conversation on this podcast. You know, parting shot. Not our podcast. You're making it worse. And I have a whole list of things and topics I want to get to, but haven't Mm -hmm. got to one of them yet, which is great because it's like it's exactly the basis of sort of how we communicate. So before I get to the actual topic that I wanted to talk about, I do want to ask, because you you made me think of this, Elliot, over the Christmas holidays, the holidays in general, I think a day or two. Uh, the holidays, not (laughs) Christmas holidays, Alan. Yes, yes. A day after Christmas, I think, or maybe two days, there was a viral video of... I'm going to assume homosexuals. I I don't know them personally, um, mm-hmm. and they were fighting, or one was very angry about missing a plane <laughs> or something. I posted this on my. Oh, I actually
1: did. I think yes. I did see this. Yeah, I, it I didn't on- listen
0: to it, but I saw like the action of it. Well, it really was just him freak. One of them freaking out, and his what I presume is his partner. I don't know. Yelling, How dare you yelling, assume? Yelling at him, being like. Think of Shelby and Dolly. Think of Shelby and Dolly, which... Now, Brent, you don't know this because you aren't um, a Class A homosexual like <laughs> okay, I am. Right. Shelby and Dolly, are everyone, immediate, every homosexual immediately goes to Dolly Parton and Shelby from Steel Magnolias, played by Julia oh, Roberts. Oh, my God. So this homosexual, I presume is i like how on this podcast i have to be like you can i presume, um, yeah, right. presume journalistically i presume uh <laughs> right. half he's screaming think of shelby and dolly which i assume are yorkshire terriers that they have at home in fort lauderdale i don't oh, know i didn't even consider that i don't know it was one of the most joyful videos i think i have seen did you did either of you see this video
2: I saw it and and I thought it was hilarious, but I did not know it was regarding Steel Magnolias until you posted it. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, that's that movie. So I'm not class A, but I'm somewhere. You're like a class C. Well, I will say I've watched my fair share
1: of airport brawl videos uh, over over the years. I really enjoy airport fight videos because it's like the one time in America, you know, no one has a gun. So you're like, the, the (laughs) the stakes are lower. So you're like, no one's going to die. It's just like (laughs) the worst thing that happens is a bloody nose. So I really, really embrace them. And it it came up. uh, It came up on my Reddit feed and I watched it without the sound because sometimes the sound is annoying and I just watch videos without sound. And I I enjoyed it, but I I didn't obviously hear the dolly. It
0: ends in one of. I'm still laughing about it and I can't, I hear his voice in my head when he says it where there's a, there's a woman in a, a wheelchair sitting next to what I think is a service dog. And he, I can only infer is he's saying something to her that's inaudible, but I'm assuming he's talking about, we're trying to get home to our dogs, like your dog here. Like he's trying to connect with this woman and calm down. Well, not calm down. And, and she then is saying, cause he's coming closer or something. She's saying, either don't touch me, or she's saying something which upsets him. And then he, and I don't support anyone doing this, however, the way he said it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. He then, out of nowhere, goes, fuck off, bitch! And it is... (laughs) (laughs) And it has been in my head ever since, and Mm. I... I can't. Wow. I can't. It is one of Brent. I know you don't follow me on Instagram. That's another conversation for another day. <laughs> but you should go to my Instagram and watch this video because it is worth. I'll, I'll text it to you. Actually, I will. Well, text Alan, you how day. about
1: this? Maybe for your birthday this year, I will treat you to going to your Instagram account and watching this one video. Well, we have from been several months. F- prior. We,
0: we, the three of us, have been friends since. 2006 or seven or somewhere in the aughts there and um, you haven't followed me since so i don't that's not true I, I
1: i did follow both of you at one point but look i i had to call at one point i don't like instagram that's the problem it's not a personal thing sure and the
0: people whom i do follow i just, just kind of so you know what it's like to explain to people when especially when we have like one of our <laughs> friends on our podcast you know like this happened recently with when carson garrett from survivor did our podcast mm-hmm. and he was just looking you guys up because he doesn't know, you know, he knows me, but he doesn't know you yeah, too. And then saw Elliot, he follows Elliot, like he knew, he was like, okay, well, Elliot follows H. Allen, so that makes sense. I see these pictures together, like, great. You go to Brent's page, Brent doesn't <laughs> follow you. Wait, why doesn't Brent follow? Did, did he text yeah. you that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which uh, is so funny you i'm not saying you have to follow us from that exchange but i think it's very funny well don't worry well (laughs) look i'm genuinely
1: trying to disinvest from uh instagram Mm -hmm. completely but you know i'm
0: not there yet so it's just it's you know it's it's a process for me it's fine but i do want to ask you guys so there it is like i said the new year and One of the things, the basis of our friendship back in the mid-aughts was we were all in New York in comedy, doing our own things, really sort of trying to find our footing in the world of entertainment and comedy. And one of the things that we bonded on is, well, first off, just complaining, which I think everyone can hear us for the last 20 minutes that you hear, you've heard that. Um, So we bonded about complaining, which I want to talk about, but more so we bonded about sort of not fitting in, into the world of the popular gay community. We didn't really ever sort of feel like we were a part of that conversation. Now, fast forward, you know, nearly 20 years later and on new year's Eve, now sort of the two people who are sort of ubiquitous with new year's Eve celebrations are two gay dudes hosting New Year's Eve for CNN, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. And so oh, I wanted, which is sort of, and I you knew Brent had no idea. Yeah, you yeah. had no idea. But it's like Rip Torn and Rip Taylor. What I find so interesting about this is that, <laughs> you know, gay culture, gay vernacular, gay everything has sort of become mainstream in a lot of ways. And the way mm-hmm. we speak, and especially with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen doing New Year's Eve, they're saying things like, You know, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this on a Newsweek podcast, but Andy Cohen literally said "pass around party bottom" on CNN, and as a as a reference to something I don't remember exactly what, but that was the quote. And very upsetting to me. That's disappointing. But and so what I wanted to ask you guys is: Has anything changed since we first started complaining about homosexuals back in 2006 and not fitting in, or has it gotten? To I mean, to quote our (laughs) podcast, has it gotten worse? (laughs)
2: I can. I will start this, Brent. Sorry, please. I think that it's gotten um, worse in a way that I could never have imagined. Which is that back when we all met, there was no, there really wasn't much of a of a space to be um, to to sort of differentiate I guess or to sort of stray from the path of like the, the homonormative path so to speak mm-hmm. and so maybe in that we were all in New York maybe that gave us the room to do some do so or the freedom to do so but now as time has gone on not just with gay gay and queer stuff but in general it's like the idea of like the nerd or the defector or the somebody who's essentially saying I'm not like the other girls mm-hmm. has become the the normative thing to do. And so it's almost to me, at least it's been like uh, trying to keep up is so exhausting because it's almost like we went from us um, um, connecting over feeling like minorities within the minority to jumping so far ahead that, that the sort of the face of the movement now is sort of like a postmodern minstrel show yeah. where Andy Cohen is saying P- pass around party bottom on television. And not just television, I, CNN. Right. Yeah. And that to me is depressing. Yeah. And unfortunately that's its own version of, of making it worse. But it also proves that in a sense, the, the sort of, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the talking points of saying something like that, like saying, you know, you know, saying you go girl or whatever as like, as a gay guy in the nineties or the aughts has not really changed in this, in the sense that here we are on CNN hearing the terms pass around party bottom. Yeah. Like, old, old ladies are like, huh? You know, like nothing has changed, but at the same time, everything has, it's, it's moved on. It's progressed super quickly, but I'll let Brent talking now because. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of a bummer because like, I,
1: like, look, I actually like Anderson Cooper, and I don't think he would normally, he would ever, uh, under any circumstances, make a comment about a pass around party bottom. Yeah. Um, and so there are absolutely, like, gay folks in the media who are without, you know, profound cliche, but I still feel like we're the, the gay community is the one that most often embraces its stereotypes. Mm. Um, which is uh, obviously, I guess, a form of power, you could argue, but for me, I just like, you know, I, I just find it kind of depressing that I think ultimately we all tend to sort of um, distill down to our, our primal urge to, to talk about our bodies Buts. and our butts and our dicks <laughs> and like, yeah. and it's just, it just, it never ceases to amaze me. Well, um, yeah. What well, do you
0: think, Alan? It also, I mean, I think on some level, I mean, I agree with both of you, but I I also think, you know, I remember early on in our friendship we one of the things that like i think we really connected on was we get really frustrated with straight people or people outside the queer community who they see anything que- especially liberal progressive uh mm-hmm. straight people they see and i think i mean i think you know a lot of television of the late aughts and early sort of 2011 12 13 that also played into it too where they would take the 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 sort of trope of queerness and sort of be like it gets better. You're so brave. They would have Mm. this sort of put put queer people on a pedestal because any queer person then has to persevere. And so we have to support them. And it's like, no hate. Yeah. And it's like, it's like there couldn't be one gay (laughs) asshole out there. You know what I mean? Or there couldn't be. And, and for us. And I mean, I think one of the things that like sort of identified our friendship was that we just wanted to get to a place in the world in which a straight person could see a queer person and then maybe go to one of their queer friends and be like, can you believe
2: that? that, that in that's other an words, asshole. You know what I mean? In other mm-hmm. words, true equality. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Not, not giving bad behavior a pass or gross or tacky behavior a pass just right. because somebody is gay, yeah. which we've had to endure. And that's why I think we sort of found each other, because that seemed like the cardinal sin. Well, yeah. and it
0: kind of makes me wonder then at CNN, you know, someone had to greenlit. I mean, Anderson Cooper is a is a Emmy winning serious, probably lots of other big award winning journalist who I love his work. And I, I, I really trust him as a journalist and as sort of a newsmaker, but I, I mean, and I, I, I like, I like housewives and I like what Andy Cohen does with Bravo and housewives and stuff. And I like him for that trash, you know, which is trash. Yeah. But I, I'm also kind of like someone at CNN had to greenlit these yeah. two being on air together and sort of curating that night and in the queer way that they do. And I'm assuming that person probably was a straight person who saw this as an opportunity for inclusiveness and being progressive and amplifying queer voices and all of those things that people in corporate America love to do in certain situations. And so, mm-hmm. like, I wonder, it's like, are we still dealing with straight people trying to put queer people on a pedestal just because it's good for them then to go to the corporate meeting and say, can you believe we put those two on TV? Aren't we great? Oh, I, I mean, I think I think it's more that more than ever, to be honest. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't, I don't know. I actually, I I could definitely see. It. I mean, first of all, he might Andy Cohen might have just said that, right? I mean, yeah. it, you know, it's it's live, so he's probably kind of talking off the cuff. But you oh, know, he don't forget about he
0: definitely was talking off the cuff just for the record. yeah, he was yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, don't forget that you know there was a, a a professional work setting that I was in recently in which a gay presenter said to a a, a group of. Uh, co-workers of mine in a professional setting that quote gays don't eat yeah that's what he said i mean which was just like the most appalling thing i've ever heard (laughs) someone say in public Mm -hmm. and that that we were just supposed to like tacitly accept it like oh yeah 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 if you're gay (laughs) you don't eat um i mean and this guy i mean yeah it just it just it blew me away so you know there's there's gay people everywhere especially in media. And I think they can be quite aggressive about pushing, you know, their agenda, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. I think also
2: there's like a, a very, you know, there's an instinctive reaction for, for me, at least to not want to, to not want to be self, to feel self-hating or to have internalized homophobia Yeah, that has become these sort of knee-jerk reaction post like that has evolved, that has come into uh, play in the course of our friendship, because, in my opinion, because of the way the world has essentially moved on, and not moved on, but re- like sort of the, the the narrative between social media and reality has co- coalesced. Yes. And mm-hmm. so Brent, Brent sort of bit about saying how dare you you know or say you know saying i'm weeping yeah. is this sort of you know uh, um sycophantic reaction to the way that we are supposed to emote on social media yeah. and a big part of that i think has actually played into the real world where i feel an and incent- i feel like oh no am i being an internalized homophobe because i'm having a genuine reaction to You're being critical anything. of something yeah Yes, and and am I and am I allowed to be am I allowed to be embarrassed by somebody saying pass around party bottom on CNN? Which of and course honestly, you are, you are. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I but I hear not Brent's actual voice, but the voices been saying, well, how dare you? You must be, and you must have internalized well, homophobia, and something's wrong with
0: you. It's the go-to sort of response for. I mean, and I I would consider myself a progressive person, but it's the go-to response for progressive Twitter or Instagram or whatever that if you don't align with the thinking 100% of whatever community or whatever sort of situation it may be... You're the enemy. You're the enemy immediately. You are 100% 100 internalized homophobic. Yeah, exactly. You are the problem. And it it becomes... I mean, I remember during the Trump election in 2016... I, um, well, during that, his first run, I wrote that article for Out Magazine on sort of, you know, gay Republicans and the amount Mm -hmm. of backlash that I got from queer people who were saying I shouldn't even be writing about this, that I shouldn't be writing. And I'm like, well, this, I'm a queer person and this is a part of my community that is doing something that I don't necessarily understand. So as a curious writer person, I'm going to go and explore that and then tell that story as a storyteller because that is what I fucking do. And, Mm -hmm. And I think you should know this story because it might inform your decisions about how you communicate or how you talk about something or how you maybe do something or whatever it is. And instead, it was just like, you're enemy number one. You're canceled. You're how the worst. Dare how dare you?
1: How dare
0: you report on something that maybe people would be interested in? And it's it it's gotten to a point, and it's only gotten worse since then, I think. It's, it's in the this, queer community. There's, all,
1: there's also this delusion that, in not speaking about something it makes it disappear it's quite literally yeah like an ostrich burying its head in the sand yes yes um <laughs> and it's like well you know these are these are writing about i mean look ultimately the gay republicans in 2016 didn't didn't make a, a difference yeah but
0: you know these micro-trends can be
1: important in elections,
0: so That's why also just not have good a discussion know. about it? Yeah, You know, it's just good to know. Well, I want to end on um, this because it is one of our favorite pastimes. In fact, it's really the only thing we do. Um, we don't really send messages of praise or love half the time. We send messages <laughs> of complaining. Can you believe this idiot did this is sort Intempt. of our, mm-hmm. our vibe. So I wanted to know from both of you, What about complaining just makes you so happy? What, like, how much joy does it actually bring to you to sort of just, like, find something and then you just can't wait for that moment where you can get in that group text and be like, can you believe this?
1: You know, I just, I can still remember as, I'm not kidding, as early as third grade, I loved rainy days because Put everyone else in a bad mood, which I felt more closely matched my own. And so, as a human being, I feel like I'm constantly trying to capture. You're a human you're a rainy day. I'm a human <laughs> rainy day. I'm trying to constantly capture. You're a human uh, storm cloud. I'm a storm cloud. And so, you know, I mean, it, it's like it, it, I, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm a believer that like. You can you could say whatever you want about whoever you want, and that should be fair. Yeah. Like, I don't delude myself into thinking that even my closest friends in the world don't go around complaining about me from time to time. Yeah. Um, rarely. <laughs> yeah. Ideally. But yeah. Oh, Elliot's laughing a little bit too hard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Elliot? Well, I am uh, Jewish and was raised in a Jewish household, so complaining is just, quite honestly, second nature to me. But also, as time has gone on, I think uh, it's been cathartic to be able to see, as time has gone on and and technology has seemed to zoom past us, Mm -hmm. it's made the world feel less, it's made the world feel more surreal through kind of living life in both the digital lens and an actual lens. And so complaining helps me feel less crazy when I can't believe that both things are sort of like coalescing and that sometimes digital life overtakes actual life and and true reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, what about you, Alan? I can have, I have a distinct memory of uh, not too long ago being at, not with you guys, but being at dinner with some group of people who I also can complain with pretty regularly, you know, and and then us talking about someone that you know we do and then one person at the table who was kind of new seemed to not be into it seemed to <laughs> oh I, hate seem, that. And, I mean and that and that that I, I say that because it's that those moments that yo know, i think i immediately know okay you're not my people you're not my yeah. people if i can't <laughs> if i can't go in this direction with you you're not my people
1: but be be an adult yeah. like it's okay to be critical mhm you don't have to, you don't have, I have a friend who's like, Oh, like if you mentioned someone that they liked, they're like, Oh, oh, I, I like her. It's like, okay, well, I don't. Yeah. I find I think she's a fucking bitch. And so, I'm, I am entitled to have an opinion about your friend and therefore, it doesn't mean you have to think
0: she's a bitch, but I do, so let's like, have a conversation. I like, I like how you don't even soften it. Like, you don't even say, I, I don't like this yeah. person. We're I'm sorry. It. I'm sure, I'm sure we have a different relationship. You're just like, this fucking bitch? Yeah.
1: So absurd. Well, how about this, Alan? Make, remind the listeners Listeners of this podcast to listen to our podcast. Yes. You're making it worse. Yes. In case they want <laughs> weekly references
2: to Joyce Carol Oates. In, in <laughs> How do Pop you not know who Joyce you don't know who i know that Crow surprised Oates. me actually. i don't. you're, you're I don't. so literate and so like am, i'm intellectual
1: literate. i'm very intellectual thank yeah, you yeah but she's thank also very, very she's also
0: very controversial online sometimes
1: so like mm. you might you might well, yeah i actually. mean obviously she's posting shirtless people um, <laughs> not,
0: not herself <laughs> <but> she knows <laughs> she knows how to make waves <laughs> well thank you both for being here where can people follow you both on the internet
2: well, Brent would rather not be followed anywhere, of course. And once the once sees the downfall of society with social media, so I won't speak for him. But you could follow me at Elliot Glazer on um, Instagram, and I, I don't, know, I don't care about yeah. X or TikTok. And, yeah,
0: Brent, would you, you like also, to give your address, maybe, like well, your home? Well, address? I mean, I was
1: yeah. I mean, my home address maybe a little bit later. But I, I was also going to say you can also find Elliot Please. on OnlyFans. <laughs> at, no, no <laughs> at.
0: Tickle me, Elliot. This no, will be—you you can't. I, I, this will be the second time, I think, the second time for both of you to appear in this Newsweek situation. Yeah, but we this are will be the first be time that Elliot has been referenced as an OnlyFans model, which he is not. <laughs> not. He is not. But now it has happened twice. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Great. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It's healthy to complain, don't you think? I think it is. I think it is. So speaking of, I figured I'd end each one of these episodes with a little special, you know, something. it's it because it's a special Friday parting shot episode, right? And it deserves a little something. So here's a few here are a few things that are on my mind this week. Uh, gypsy rose blanchard was released from prison she of course pled guilty to second-degree murder for killing her mother and she was released from prison uh like last weekend i think uh after her eight-year sentence now i watched the hulu series i watched the hbo doc i've been obsessed with it and yes i followed gypsy rose blanchard on instagram and at this point i think she has like if she's not at 10 million followers she's getting near it like it's she has millions of followers um i don't it's weird it's weird that we celebrate someone like this so hard and that she becomes kind of a celebrity in her own right uh i feel a little weird about it but i can't stop it i can't stop myself from engaging in it and i enjoy all of the memes and i enjoy everything i mean she left prison and she was wearing sort of thigh high Boots that didn't fit her, so she couldn't zip them up. And so she had to go to a, I don't know if she left prison in the boots or she got the boots at some point. I don't know where the boots came from, but she had to go to a shoe store, a tennis shoe store, to get more comfortable shoes, which, you know, respect. And she did that, and it just became this massive thing online. And it just proves to me between that and like the obsession with Taylor Swift last year and some of the lackluster stuff from culture in general I think we're desperate for something crazy in pop culture I think we're we're in a we're in a milk toast you know vanilla pumpkin spice latte era of pop culture and we're just screaming for anyone to come in and disrupt it and I think that's the response to Gypsy Rose Blanchard we are desperate for someone to do something. And so we're supporting a murderer. Um, You know, it is what it is. (laughs) In other news, Ian Ziering, who was, he was, you know, most famous for starring in Beverly Hills, 90210. And of course we can't forget the Sharknado franchise. (laughs) Lee was recently involved in an incident in Hollywood where his car was surrounded by a group of bikers, which culminated in the bikers attacking Ian. Um, I have to admit something right here and now. When I saw this video, I immediately thought, how much did he pay for this? Like, it just, it felt like a stunt. It felt like a reality show stunt. Only because I live in Hollywood, y'all. I know the world a little bit. In this world. And this is a weird world. We live in a weird world. I mean, this is the type of town where you can go to a grocery store and you can see a celebrity that you don't know their name, but you know they're a celebrity and you can't figure out why. And then they do ridiculous things. I mean, I saw... Kanye West's ex-girlfriend give like return popcorn at a movie theater here in Hollywood. Weird things happen in Hollywood. And this event with Ian happened in the middle of Hollywood, literally in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard, like out, like near the Chinese theater. Like it was like prime central tourist destination destination. And it, the, the 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 location of it, and the amount of people filming it, and the way it all unfolded, it just felt like some sort of stunt. I'm just saying it. I don't I don't know if it was. I have no proof of it was. I'm just I'm speculating here, but it felt desperate. Which I mean, coming from someone who is the star of the Sharknado franchise not shocking uh anyway dave chappelle has a new special out on netflix uh and you know in the past he's caused controversy for his comments about transgender and queer people during his stand-up specials and performances outside of his stand-up specials and i you know the question is has he learned anything from these past controversies and he hasn't he's doubling down and listen i'm a queer person so i don't like the things that dave chappelle says i don't and i don't I, I'm, I'm, But I'm also kind of in a place of like, if you don't like it, don't watch it. And But then again, I'm also in a place of, should these companies be supporting people who are putting out hate speech? Now, the question is, is what Dave Schell is saying, is it hate speech? Or is it just his opinion? I don't think it's just his opinion because there are facts associated with <laughs> how medical science works. But that said, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I'm kind of torn because I feel like we support a lot of bad people. Hell, Gypsy Rose Blanchard is the number one celebrity of the week. So like we how how can we be sharing Gypsy Rose Blanchard, you know, memes left and right and then also be pissed about Dave Chappelle saying stupid jokes that only straight dudes will watch on on Netflix. I don't know. I do I want him to have Netflix specials? No. Do I support Dave Chappelle? Absolutely not. Do I think he's funny? I think back in the day he was funny. I think he's kind of become that old sad man who says jokes from a place of like they won't let me say things so now i'm gonna say whatever i want it's very tim allen and it's 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 just not a good look you know like change is not a bad thing dude change is a good thing and you can actually make great jokes about change and evolving and being in a new world instead of being hateful about it that said i don't really mind that he has a netflix special because it gives me something to hate on him more about and That's what I can do on these special Friday Parting Shot episodes. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, this very first Friday Parting Shot unhinged and unfiltered episode. There will be plenty more to come. And until then, have a great day and eat something tasty this weekend. Have some fun and follow along with me at the Golden Globes this Sunday, January 7th.